1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Manchester Football Social EFL and Billow Show with Football Mank Cave.
1: Hello, this is the EFL and Below show from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave. You'll look at all the football action in Greater Manchester that doesn't come from Old Trafford or the Etihad Stadium. No Manchester United or Manchester City here. We'll be talking about the Championship, League One, League Two and of course the non-league scene in our great city. So why not tee you up with what's about to come? It's Bolton Wanderers. It's a winding up petition. It's a trip to the High Court. It's nervy times indeed. If you are a Bolton supporter, the situation with Ken Anderson has been rumbling on for ages now and it shows no sign of slowing down a court adjournment until the 3rd of April. We'll be picking the bones out of that one. And also... Paul Scholes, we spoke about him for ages on this podcast. We did week after week after week. Will he take the Oldham job? Finally he does, and he lasts 31 days before walking out on the Latics. Let's not also forget about how well Stockport have been doing. They've got an FA Trophy semi-final. They have also a trip to Wembley to look forward to if they can overcome AFC Fylde. But is their attention diverted away from the league And in towards that Wembley possibility. And also we'll be talking about the National League North. Plenty of Greater Manchester sides in our National League North. And Ian has taken a trip to one of them. And talking of Ian, he's right here in the studio from the Football Man Cave. It's Ian Foran. Hello, my friend. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm refreshed, rejuvenated. After another week uh, of uh, dissecting what's going on in our local area. Also, we've got Aaron Benson here with us. How are you, Aaron? I'm very
2: good. Looking at the situation with our local clubs in horror. Absolute horror.
1: Yeah, it's not been the best of weeks to say the least for clubs in Greater Manchester. This is, of course, the EFL and Below show. Niall here with you. You can send us a tweet. Use the hashtag EFL below. It's at MCR Footy Social on Twitter. Ian, you've also got a quiz for us later,
0: haven't I've you? I've got a cracking quiz. I can't wait for that. I'm, I'll s- tell you now, it's I'm better so than I'm so excited.
1: I am so excited. Aaron's quiz last week went a it bit was, belly up, didn't it? It was, up, was short but sweet. Short, <laughs> but sweet. short but sweet. It was it short was but very sweet. very short, yeah. I'll tell you what hasn't been short but sweet is been Bolton's trip to the High Court. So let's talk about that right now. The very start of the podcast, we need to let these people know who are listening at home, wherever they may be listening, wherever they get their podcasts, what's been going on. Because to be perfectly honest, it feels like every week, and we're talking about Bolton, yeah. every week is something different. One minute it's Anderson, one minute it's the Christian Deutsch transfer saga, one minute it's the fact there's no food or drinks at the training ground. It's just something after another, after another, after another. And finally, I wouldn't say it culminated with what happened at the High Court, but a trip to the High Court was imminent. Bolton Wanderers Football Club turned up. They asked for an adjournment. They managed to get an adjournment. They've got two weeks to pay their debts to HMRC otherwise it could be serious trouble for them again but in terms of uh, your ticker if you're a Bolton Wanderers fan you would have been refreshing Twitter or refreshing news outlets like there was no tomorrow when that court hearing happened
0: you just sort of have a look at Bolton fans across the social media and it was literally like D-Day like everybody were like they prepared themselves for the worst as in like we're going to have to support another club it's it sounds Am I awful right? but
1: in thinking you said that there were polls in some fan groups yes, discussing I, I, which I, team they were going to support
0: yeah i remember seeing one post and the guy was going absolutely mental over it like mm. come on we've not even th- th- there might be something out there at that point me personally i didn't I didn't realize there wasn't a german option but um like i say to, to get the german it just gives them two weeks and it's even though it's obviously it's terrible news for for bolton it looks like there could be somebody coming in and it looks like someone actually, like a real life person, not just like made up, like, yeah, hey, I've got somebody coming in. But the thing is that concerns me is that it's going to be a snap decision this. Now, obviously, whoever they were in talks with last. It, it brought down. Yes, so the, got two this weeks. Cheshire
1: consortium, yeah. the plug was pulled on that and that was very close to that High Court winding up. Yeah. We've been hearing for the last 10 days or so that that deal was close, ended up falling through. And so Anderson had to go to the judge in the High Court and prove that he was in talks with someone else. Yeah. So we don't know who this someone else is. We don't know what their business is. We don't know what their background is. But we know that there is someone. And it's a very brief glimmer of hope for yeah. Bolton.
0: But the thing is, and I know we discussed this off 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 air before, is you may have another Ken Anderson. Like you've got now two weeks to find an owner, take over the club, and you've got to pray that this guy is going to sort your your club out. Now the EFL obviously they'll just be wanting to to save Bolton. They won't want a, a Bolton to sort of. Dissolve. I mean, it would look awful for the EFL. Yeah, that's it. So if it's they case go into administration, of
1: administration or get liquidated.
0: Just get somebody in, and this somebody we're hoping. We're hoping it's going to be a a proper chairman who's going to run the club properly. But it could be another two years on the line and you've got another Ken Anderson. And I think it's just too much of a quick turnaround for me. And
1: this is the issue, Aaron, because in a time of desperation like this, people are saying, well, why was Ken Anderson ever allowed to take over the club? If there is no one else to buy the football club, if there is no other option, it's liquidation or this person. It's liquidation or that person. There's no choice for a club or its supporters but to take that road because if it gets to that point of desperation, as Ian says, D-Day, sometimes you don't have much of a choice. You just have to go with what's in front of you.
2: Yeah, and you don't think about the quality, do you? You just think, we're have got we going to have a new owner of the club. You don't really think. You don't think about the long-term future, do you? No. Which has been a huge problem. You're thinking literally now with Bolton Wanderers, it's got to the case of... They've got two weeks to save the club. You know, you're thinking, two weeks? What, what can you do in two weeks? And what they've got to do is so huge. And they've got to... They've, say, Ken Anderson's come out and said he's found someone who can take over... And like, I agree with what Ian said before thinking you just don't want it to be another Ken Anderson. But he
1: said that three times Anderson now. I mean yeah. what what goes beyond the point of what you believe? I mean he's been telling us all along that there's interested parties one of which he actually dismissed in one of his you know he does these web notes through the website. One party he actually dismissed and said no they're not interested and apparently that is now the party which wants to buy the club. Yeah. So
2: you don't really know what to believe anymore. No the notes uh, Ken Anderson was putting on his on the they were kind of like, you know, we get them soap rumours, don't you? (laughs) That's circulating. What's right? What's wrong? You don't want to believe them. You don't want to read too much into them. And you could almost say that Ken Anderson, he's the owner of the club, but he's a bad source for the club because you can't believe what he says. But I just think in this situation, I know it sounds very sad, but... You do just do what another owner in. And when we had Mark Kiles on the show a couple of weeks ago, we discussed with him how is important is it that the, the chairman they get next is the right one. Mm. But it almost looks... It's got to a situation now, and this is where I think it's so bad. It really doesn't matter who it is. It's kind of like the devil you know situation. Sure. You're not really bothered who you get in, as long as if there's somebody there. You know, if it was a robot, but they had As money. long as
0: they've got money to as clear out, basically. As long as they've got money,
2: Yeah.
1: They it's could run the club. So, so this is what happened. Bolton Wanderers, Ken Anderson, his representatives went into the high court. They asked the judge for an adjournment of two weeks, which takes it to the 3rd of April until their next back in court. The adjournment request was granted. The judge was satisfied that there's a viable buyer for Bolton Wanderers Football Club. The buyer wasn't named, and we still don't know who the named person is, but the buyer is said to be willing to pay off the club's debts which are obviously quite considerable and they're growing bigger every time. Uh, According to the Bolton News, which, of course, as Aaron said, we had Mark Isles on the show a couple of weeks back, the buyer is somebody who already has a major stake in a high-level football club. Mr. Kent Anderson has instructed to draft a share agreement but needs two weeks. So that's what was said in court. So we know that it's someone who already owns a, another football club. I don't think it's in this country because I don't think that's the rules, which we've discussed with the whole Salford City, yeah. Oldham thing, which we'll come on to a bit later on. Also, the kit supplier Macron was sat there waiting to be appointed as creditors because Bolton Wanderers owe the kit supplier around about £200,000 as well. Who needs what? Who has to pay what? Anderson doesn't want to pay it because he feels that he's topped up the bank accounts enough. He's the owner. That's his job. It's just all a mess. And it's it's the supporters bearing the brunt of it in terms of the emotional heartache from yeah. seeing their football club go through the mill.
0: It's it's tough as well. and, and I, I sort of put out there... Like chairmans come and go, managers come and go, players come and go, but the fans are there through like thick and thin. Do you know mm, what I mean? Mm. From an early age, you're you're a Bolton fan, you're an Oldham fan, you're you're a whatever fan to basically the day you die. Do you know what I mean? And you need somebody to to look after that club the way you'd look after it. It's it's a it's it's like a baby. Do you know what I mean? You're only here for a short time, and then you, and you move it on to the next person. And I think the way Anderson's Gone about the business. It just looks at, from the outside. you know it looks an absolute mess in there. Um, obviously, the, the ground it changed its name, training ground. You, you've got people with their hands out, waiting for a bit of money. Players um, not being
1: paid, playing, might work out on the club.
0: It's just, it's just an absolute mess. And you've got a, a guy there who who doesn't really seem to know what he's doing. He's he's not even playing at it. Even it's not like a Roman Abramovich who can who's got the money who can just play around and take a couple of losses here and there. It's a guy who's. Who's trying to bankroll it and, and trying to make the best?
1: This is the thing. Most out of it. Yeah. And this is the thing football clubs, we call them owners or chairmen. I think we should change that. I think we should make a conscious effort to change that and call them custodians. Because yeah. to me, they're not owners. No one owns my football club. The fans own my football club. The fans are the heartbeat of every football club. They're the lifeblood of every football club. They are not owners, or even if they are, they're not just owners. They are custodians of the football club because it's up to them to look after everything to do with that football club because these fans are the ones that turn up year in, year out. They don't care about anything else apart from that football club. So I think that's really important that, that we get that straight because... Ken Anderson might sit there and go, well, I own this club. I'll do what I want with it. It's my little plaything." Football clubs are are entertainment businesses. Football clubs don't make money. Football clubs lose money more than any other business I can think of. No football clubs make money. I I can't think of a single one in the professional game off the top of my head that makes a profit, a healthy profit, in order to, to carry on as normal. Most football clubs lose money and it's about balancing the books and making sure that you can keep yourself afloat, keep your head above water. I think the way that we view and perceive football club owners needs to change because this week, Ebbsfleet United of the National League, on the same day as bolton Wanderers in the High Court. Macclesfield Town, another one of our local sides, in the High Court, over £16,000 of unpaid debts. North Ferriby United was wound up over a debt of £7,000. Coventry City might not be in the Football League next season because they can't agree somewhere to play their home games because of disputes with the rico Arena, their current home stadium. Notts County might fall on financial hardship. That's not to mention the ownership troubles we've seen at Leighton Orient down the years. Blackpool, which has obviously finally come to a resolution. We've also seen Charlton Athletic supporters. Portsmouth. How many other clubs do I yeah. need to go through in name? I w- I was just Why has the game
2: got to this stage? It's ridiculous. And it's the, it's the... The blood of English football, isn't it? Yeah. The heartbeat. The clubs that were there right at the start were there. They formed it. I said, Notts County have had so many troubles. And these are the clubs that they need protecting, don't they? They're more vulnerable there. They're not like Manchester United or Manchester City, which have mega, mega money. Mm. These are the clubs that do need more looking after. And I'd look at at this. The clubs that need more looking after, the more, as I said, the vulnerable clubs, they don't have responsible owners, do they? They don't have chairmen or custodians, as you said, Niall, that run the club properly, do they? Yeah. They sort of, you know, bit of money here, bit of money there. They don't look after it properly. And you get clubs at the top end of the Premier League and they have owners, you know, who treat it like a toy, but they've got that much money coming in. Yeah. You know, a few 7,000, like you talk about North Therapy, it's like, you know, picking up 10p off, 10p off the floor here to them. And I just think we need greater protection for these clubs and particularly with chairmen who are unrespo- irresponsible or don't look after the clubs properly, like Carl Oyston at Blackpool. Yeah. I mean, who's to blame
1: here, though? Carl was- Oyston has been in trouble with. I won't go into it in the podcast just for, for obviously legal reasons, but he's been in trouble with the authorities before for issues outside of money and outside of football, which I won't divulge, but they're, they're certainly. Um, not worth our time on the air discussing but this is a man who passed the fit and proper persons test after some of the convictions that have been uh, made against him over the years and and this is, this is a, a real tra- travesty in the modern game who should be held culpable who should be held responsible for assuring that owners in football clubs are of the right standard should it be the EFL, should it be the FA, should we have an independent governing body who should dictate and determine who owners should be at football clubs. Because as far as I'm concerned, the Football League have passed through far too many corrupt owners or owners that are not fit for purpose. And it's not like they've made an honest mistake once or twice and they've let in a couple of owners who maybe haven't been up to the task. Time and time and time again, the EFL have failed supporters of football clubs by letting in dodgy owners, owners that have have not got the best interest of the club at heart, It's not a coincidence, it keeps happening. So who's at the top of this process? Where are the protocols for this?
2: I'm going to say you've seen so many clubs you listed before who've just ended up, you know, Bolton, Leighton Orient, Charlton, Blackpool, have ended up, Portsmouth a few years ago with your club now, who have ended up in this state. Surely there's someone at the FA or at the EFL or even together who can work together, should be monitoring the situations all the time thinking we need to keep a closer eye on Bolton. Look what Ken Anderson's doing, it looks a bit irresponsible and it's happening time and time again that clubs, And the traditional clubs of England who were going from the mid-1800s have ended up at the bottom of the barrel. And it just keeps happening time and time again that this happens. It's like deja vu just with another football club. And there should be somebody there where it gets to a point, right, they owe this much debt or their chairman's uh, causing some trouble here. We need to keep an eye on him. Just somebody watching over the clubs.
0: I don't think they care, me personally. Football is such a big money spinner and there's so much money in the game, as you see in the Premier League, that it's just the basis of keeping everybody ticking over and keeping the pockets filled.
1: It sounds like to me you're in a similar camp to me in a sense where as long as there's someone there, it doesn't really give a monkey's who it is. As long
0: as they're they're in the league.
1: As long as there's someone there in the league, yeah. And if if it's backs against the
0: wall type thing, then we'll step in and make ourselves look half decent. But for me, and I don't know if it's just me, but you see the you see the money in football. You see the money in the Premier League. You see players getting ridiculous amounts of money a week, and then you, you see a team like North Ferriby who go out for seven thousand. And you just think, how can you how can you have Dis- so much money at the top, and, yeah. and why can it not get filtered down in a way that benefits even like local clubs? I'm not saying like United and City need to hand out money, but is there not a way that we can structure it somehow that money needs to drift down?
1: If the Premier League put one percent, every club put one percent of the profits they make from the T V money, the T V deal in the Premier League, into a local non league club, it would make or a local non league, so like the National League North, for example. If Manchester United or Manchester City, Burnley, whoever put their one percent into the National yeah. League North, it would make a huge difference. But my issue is, is that might knock down even further down the pyramid. And it's almost like a domino effect that once you start at the top it, it you know the the difference is is that the Premier League is so far cut adrift from the Championship and yeah. the Championship so far from leagues one and two and that's the problem. But my question earlier on was who should be held responsible for ensuring that owners are up to standard at the moment? it's the Football League? The FA didn't give a monkeys when my club were in trouble. They couldn't care less. In fact, they punished us. They took points off of us yep. being an administration. So should there be? I'm I'm saying I'm not lobbying for this, but I'm saying should we consider? there being an independent body or an independent organisation which then takes owners on face value and then also does some research and figures out whether they've got proof of funds enough to cover the cost of running the club because Ken Anderson would have had to prove when he'd gone into Bolton that he could afford to run the club. So it's transpired
2: down the weeks and months,
1: he can't afford it. So why was he allowed in there in the first place?
2: Doesn't this come back to the idea we were talking before of you have Ken Anderson or... Liquidate? you have a Ken Anderson's replacement, sorry, or liquidation. It's a lesser of well, two evils. Well, yeah, exactly. And you just go back into that loop <laughs> of Ken Anderson 2.0. And, you know, that could happen with so many other uh, football league, non-league football clubs, wouldn't it really? It's a so, dangerous game
1: because my team, it happened to my team. Um, the owner we had back in the Premier League days under when Harry Redknapp was the manager, Portsmouth won the FA Cup, got into Europe. The money ran out. Because of, I won't go into the story because it will be here for a whole podcast if I explain that. The money ran out, and then it was a succession, a chain of bad owners. Because who's going to be willing to buy a football club in that situation? <laughs>
0: yeah, so, and it's just not going to happen. And you feel like, like it's someone now uh, with a, the with a, with a Bolton situation is we can get these on the cheap because they're in dire straits. Do you know what I mean? So let, let's get in there. Let's let's get a football club. And then we'll promise the world, blah, blah, blah. And then you end up in another situation. Mm. But I think it's just, it's people who haven't got not a lot of money because they have, but I mean, like they haven't got the money to run the club and prosper over a a period of time. It's a case of, let's get this club on the cheap. Let's just sort them out. We'll become heroes overnight. And then in a couple of years, when the money runs out, blah, 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 and then next guy comes in. But I feel like two weeks is not enough time. To do a fit and proper test and some research, it's like getting a mortgage in a week. You don't, you don't mean like for me. You you've got to get accounts and all this malarkey. Unless
1: you had dollar signs, yeah, for days in your bank account, then they go, like, okay, you go, you mortgage.
0: But you've got to prove absolutely everything. So, in two weeks' time to take over a football club and you've got an em- employee basis of hundreds, yeah, for one person to come in in two weeks' notice, I think it's ridiculous. I think it needs a better system, and I think yeah an independent board with specialists in different areas Agreed. would be such a better a better way of doing it instead of just going yeah you seem like you got a couple of quid mate bouncing
1: yeah absolutely and you can tell I'm very passionate about this subject and I really hope that it works out for Bolton Wanderers it It genuinely breaks my heart to see a football club and another football club at that go through the same thing that I had to go through and thousands of other supporters at other clubs have had to go through over the last few years. It has to stop. And I don't know how it's going to stop, but it needs to stop. And we need to find a way to make it stop. We've been chatting about this for ages now and we could talk about Bolton for a whole entire podcast. But let's just hope by the next week or so, when we do find out what happens on April the 3rd, when they return to the High Court, that everything's in order and they can continue in a much more constructive fashion than they have been recently. One thing that was constructive at the time was the way that Paul Scholes was appointed at Oldham. Let's just change tact for a moment. Although it's maybe slightly less morbid than the news at Bolton, (laughs) Oldham fans would have been buzzing when Paul Scholes walked in there. There was a lot of chat about it. We said, didn't we, Aaron, that the speculation of Scholesy coming into Oldham might have actually outweighed his managerial tenure because after 31 days in the job at Boundary Park, according to the owner... He
2: sent a text saying, "I don't want to do this anymore," and he was out the door. It's embarrassing for Oldham. Nobody comes out of this well. Scholes doesn't come out of this well because he's lasted 31 days in a job, in which, you know, big big name in football. If it if it, if they catch if they catch it right, he'll do well. It'll be a huge success. But he's decided to walk out, and we've got to work out why he's walked out. You could look at the results. Great start against Yolville, Petered out after that. We spoke about the last-minute goals the, as well. The last minute goals How things can... could have been different yeah. if they had managed to stop and conceding late. Why? Only, the only person who can answer, why has Paul Scholes left, has resigned after 31 days, is him himself. Mm. He could come in now and say, A, B, C, D, this is why I've left. And you think, fair enough, this is why you've left. But we're looking at it from the outside and it might be a bit narrow-minded to look at it this way but the results from the Oville game haven't been great they've lost loads of points from winning positions conceded last-minute goals and personally for me had they been winning them games the problems off the pitch that exist that have been speculated you kind of put them on I personally think and this is only my opinion you put them on the back burner because they're winning games and when you're not winning games, these problems escalate because the problems on the pitch mm. can sort of reflect the problems off the pitch. But had they been winning, had they been winning, I still think he'd still been in the job, whether the owner had or hadn't been interfering because mm. the results can paper over the cracks.
1: Well, you use the word interfering, and Ian, there's always two sides yeah. to every
0: story. to come in with this. We
1: heard about why skulls left from his opinion or at least his camp, so yeah. to speak. Um, he was assured by the owner, and I think this is part of why it took so long for him to get the job, aside from the whole Salford City ownership situation, he wanted reassurances that the owner was not going to stick his nose in, for want of a better expression, in team affairs. It's been said that the Oldham owner has been making decisions um, almost as if he was the manager, which is something Scholes didn't want. He didn't want to be undermined, and he was assured when he took the job that that wasn't going to happen, the owner wasn't going to get involved in team business and that Scholes was going to be the sole manager and controller of that football team. As it's transpired, Scholes has come out and said, I was sold a lie. It didn't work out how they told me it was going to work out. So therefore, I've walked away. The owner has come out and said, well, I was in Dubai for the past two weeks. And he sticks by his suggestion that he never got involved in the first place. So we've got one camp in Scholes saying one thing, You've got the owner saying another thing. What do the supporters believe? What are they supposed to believe?
0: Again, reading on social media and and chatting to a couple of older fans, they point me in the the direction of of one guy who said the guy wasn't in Dubai because he was on the same flight as me coming home from Dubai like a week before this text would have dropped. He says, so he's he's supposed, I mean, it's all alleged as such, but this chairman, and it's another case of another chairman coming in and kind of playing about and and doing what what they feel like they want to do. For a chairman to come in and, and suddenly start to tell people how to pick a team, it's like me going down and going, yeah, Scorsese, I think he should be playing today." You know, someone who 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 may know the game but doesn't know what he's looking for. He's not down at the training sessions. Um, it, it again, it just seems from the outside, he was a very interfering guy. Um, Scorsese obviously just for it's not for me. This like obviously other managers may have put up with it, um, sort of see it out a little bit more, trying to work with it a little bit, but Skulls just turn around and go, no, not for me and you look at Oldham and, and a lot of the fans got like a poison chalice as such like mm. that Oldham job does not look promising and does not look inviting to somebody going for it. If you if you're a manager and you're thinking, Oh, I've heard these rumours, I've heard this rumours, um, you know I like, I think there were bailiffs supposedly turn up at the ground, cutting gas supplies off or something. Uh, team coaches aren't turning up. No, there's like just rumours. There's, there's more fuel to sort of the fire getting yeah. added. And from the outside looking in, you're not going to think. And
1: then you get a manager walk away after yeah. 31 days. I mean, do
0: you know what? I fancy that job. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I totally agree. And according to Mr. Uh, Lemzigam, the owner of Oldham, Skulls resigned by text. So what, in my opinion? Football's a ruthless enough business. But didn't Frankie get Bunge-
0: fired by email because you, you were saying he's going to send me a text
1: and... it's, it's absolutely ridiculous Yeah. however I don't know whether I believe Paul Scholes because and this is why and I'm not calling Paul Scholes a liar by any means I'm just saying it's open for discussion in my brain because at a Salford City press conference about a week before he was unveiled at Boundary Parker's older manager a journalist doing what journalists do tried to dig for some information and asked Paul Scholes are you linked with the Oldham job? Are you interested? And Paul Scholes shook his head and went, no. And I know things can change in seven days. They say a week's a long time in football. But a week later, he was sat there in front of me at Boundary Park being unveiled as Oldham manager. So why should I believe? It, it, after all that speculation, I was told by so many different people Scholes was going in there. The man himself says, no, he's not. And then it puts it into doubt. And then he's there. So, I mean, I know he's trying to protect himself probably and protect and protect his uh, his chances of getting the job or whatever. But, I mean, if he's saying one thing, the owner's saying another, both of them have a track record of not being 100% truthful. So, I mean, that puts you in a sticky situation.
2: Yeah, it sure does. And in this situation, what we're discussing now, we don't know what's fact. We don't know what's no. what are lies, basically. And this is where I think you've got to be quite careful. All we know is that there was a hell of a lot of speculation linking Skulls with the job, mm. which he denies seven days before at a press conference, if you've just said, Nile. And then, you know, a week later or so, he's, uh, he's in the dugout at Boundary Park. Uh, we can only talk about the facts. And they are, he's lasted 31 days. Mm. I personally don't feel that in the, the, when he, on day one he took over the job, to day 31, the situation surrounding the club, within the financial situation, the situation with the owner, would have changed a great deal. I think before he would have no- gone in, he would have surely have known that the situation at Oldham was not pretty. Well, it wasn't great. But how come at the end of 31 days he's like, uh, you know, I've I, been I've been, well, I've been, lied to, you know. He's, he's picking the team, he's interfering. Well, you know the club. Or was he just not up to the task? I, I've, I would th- because I, because that's because that's I said
1: to I you said, a couple so of it. weeks ago, I said I didn't think Paul Scholes was manager material. And that wasn't me being disrespectful. Just some people, you can just see it. Some people, you can't. Yeah. Some people surprise you. I was hoping Skulls would surprise me. He was an unbelievable footballer. I just didn't ever think he would go into management. It was a shock enough when he's turned up on BT Sport, yeah. sitting there being a pundit. Well, according to reports, there was rumours that the players had to drive themselves to the game. There was no coach that turned up. A coach company have come out and issued a statement, Orion Travel, saying that this is not true. Or right, have they? Yeah, right. and also uh, according to a local newspaper they claim they've seen documents which contradict a suggestion that bailiffs are in the club in the week leading up to said game so according to documents and reports Paul Scholes' claims are, are uh, unfounded rubbish. Yeah. Uh, or rubbish is to use your <laughs> words uh, uh, w- was it
2: just maybe he realised that management wasn't for him maybe he bit off more than he could chew Aaron I think we've got to watch this and I was talking about this you have to see what he does next What's Paul Schools, his next move? If he, at the start of the next season, thinks, I'm going to go and manage another club, and offers come up, maybe in the League 1, the Championship, or even back in League 2, other than Alderman, and something's come up and you think, you know what, I'm going to go for this, and he goes in and he has a great success. Then we can look back at Alderman and say, no, he was right, there's problems with the club. I found a stat that said, uh, Lee Johnson left the club four years ago, and since then, there's been 10 changes of manager in the last four years and 24 uh, and when Joe Royal left 24 years ago since then there's been a change of manager virtually every year since wow. so Alden basically wow well, indeed Alden basically have been bringing in new managers and trying to just basically it's been like a revolving door in and out in and out but they've not they've not gone forwards they've gone backwards so they've had all these changes to only get worse and I, we all agreed when we discussed Scholes a few weeks back that Oldham would need to change their approach to make it work for skulls. So I do understand that if it <laughs> if it hasn't gone as well, then maybe I could have some sympathy for him. And I would like to think he could go to another club and we could all be sat here eating our words. And mm. yes, he has been a success. And Oldham is run very poorly. But I personally, my gut reaction is that won't happen.
1: We had former Manchester United player Quinton Fortune on the Manchester Football Social during this week. You can find that wherever you find your podcast. All you need to do is search Manchester Football Social and it'll be right there for you. Make sure you download it and subscribe to the show as well. Of course, this is the EFL and Below show right here from the Manchester Football Social and the Football Man Cave. But we had Quinton on one of the shows earlier on this week and he said no in during his playing days is the sort of guy that if something isn't right, he will, he will leave it. He's not, he will just, he would say, right, it's not right for me, I'm not going to do it, which is interesting as an insight to the character and to the man. So something must have been quite drastically wrong for him to, to walk away. But we've been quite morbid on this podcast so far, and I've been quite conscious of that. We've been talking about a manager leaving after 31 days, a club basically being liquidated. So I know Ian's got a quiz later. But before we end this first part of the podcast, I thought we'd do a double quiz. So I'm oh, going to yeah. I'm going to do a little quiz as well for you. Paul Scholes, lasting 31 days, is in the top 10 of shortest managerial reigns in this country. Can you guess which number Paul Scholes is on that list? I can hear you clicking, I can hear you tapping. No Googling, no cheating. I want to know if you can tell me Out of the top ten, Paul Skull's 31-day reign, where does that feature on the list?
0: I am going to go slap bang in the middle at number five.
2: Number five. Yeah, you beat me to that. Uh, Seven. Seven. Seven? Yeah. Sure? Yeah.
1: It's not five. It's It's not five? It's not seven? It's number nine. Nine? Who's number one? Who's number one in that list?
0: I feel like I know this.
1: Number one is Leroy Resenia.
0: No, I don't know it. <laughs>
1: no,
2: I'd never have guessed so.
1: No. Who managed Torquay United in 2007. How long did he last at the helm of Torquay in 2007?
0: I'm going to go something ridiculous like 37 minutes.
2: No. No, no. he'd <laughs> no, at least got a day in the job, you know. Do you we'd, we'd, Well, the, the, dinner, the uh, inauguration dinner would have lasted more than 37 minutes. About two two days.
1: Aaron says two days. Ian?
0: I'm sick with 37 minutes. Come to me, Ed.
1: Well, I can tell you you're wrong by three times the amount. No way. He lasted How? 10 minutes in the job. How? Because Torquay was sold when he rocked up mm. and found out that his job had been replaced. He had been replaced by Paul Buckle in the managerial hot seat. So Leroy Rossini
2: lasted 10 minutes can in the job. Can minutes. I be a bit uh, pedantic? So I'm going to say can Ian wins because he's closest Can there. I be a bit pedantic? Go on, go on. He's not really been the manager then, has he? I know he has by title, but he's well, not...
0: I've won the quiz. He's <laughs> don't,
2: I'm, I, I'm not offering any excuses. He's not physically managed the club. <laughs> He's not physically managed you've got the to look but his thought at, like,
0: process ad.
2: You've got to look at like what's managed and how many training sessions has he done. Could you say that until they've managed for a game they've not really been the manager?
0: In his head, he's the manager. Sure.
2: 10 minutes
1: 10, ten minutes, minutes s- is so, the record wow. an unwanted record held by That's Leroy never going to beat Paul Scholes nowhere near it with 31 days anyway this is the Manchester Football Social the EFL and Below show in association with the Football Man Cave coming up in a second we're going to be having more quiz fun with Ian this time he's got a tough one you, is it a tough one for us
0: I think it's a belter a belter a belter a belter well I'll hold you to that and fun.
1: what's also belting is League 1 at the moment 12 teams in a possible relegation mix up between 12th spot Plymouth Argyle and the relegation zone there's only three points difference it's absolutely crazy also we'll be talking about stockport and ian's little excursion to fc united
0: manchester football social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show
1: cool fact
0: Oh, the manchester football social efl and below show with football Mank cave
1: welcome back to the efl and below show with me niall mccorn alongside me in the studio we've got ian Forum from the football Mank cave good evening to you or good afternoon could be good day could be any time of the day to people because of course this is a podcast but how are you anyway i am good how are you i'm fine i'm looking forward to your quiz uh, but I'm more looking forward to your story because of course here at the EFL and Below show we talk about all the footballing action from Greater Manchester which doesn't come from United or City outside of the Premier League We're very much as the name suggests EFL Below and you can get in contact on Twitter use the hashtag EFL Below tweet us at MCR Footy Social but you took a trip to FC United of Manchester recently yes and how did it go?
0: bad bad? really bad why? right so obviously I like I think it was a month's worth of rain yeah, in about two days. Ridiculous, weren't it? So, I've never been FC United before, and growing up, I grew up with my nan. No, I didn't grow up with my nan, but we used to go and visit my nan every single week, and they live basically opposite the ground. Sure. And it's always one of them, you, know, you just want a ticket off the list. So, I was excited, I'm going to go down. Loads of games have been called off. Berry, Oldham, Rochdale, all these. And FC United are on. Grounds have been done a great job, they're tweeting away. Sweet, so it sets off anyway gets to the ground and I'm going through honestly the puddles are flying over my car and all sorts <laughs> of stuff as I'm turning in the stewards like you know like sort of waving at me sort of saying like like nope type thing
1: what you can't come in
0: so I'm thinking well it's got a car park sign there but I'm I've got parking allowance anyway that I've, I've already got my name down so he's probably going to tell me the parking's full. I thought I'll give it the bigger yeah mate, mate names on list and all this winds the window down he went just been called off I said, you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> you're joking. <laughs> Nightmare. So basically, I'm having to turn round, but I'm waiting for the York City coach, because they're like, oh, just coming out, it's absolutely leathering it down, and everybody's... So I spent an hour... Back just drive, to the pub then? Driving to FC United and back. It was ridiculous. Back I got on my...
1: Back to the pub. <laughs> anyway, also with us here in the studio, we've got Aaron Benson. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Nile. Are, uh, are we hoping that uh, Ian's quiz, we're going to go toe-to-toe? We're um, gonna do
2: it. Have we done it? Yes, we did the very Portsmouth one. I think one. we did, yeah. Who won that, by the way? I'm pretty sure I won that. Who's won the majority of our quizzes, though?
0: I reckon we're oh, yeah, you know, I yeah. I two on Oh yeah, no, I think
2: it's three-two to me.
1: The competitive juices are flowing, so that's why Ian is gonna. We should have a little board, shouldn't we? Like, he's gonna warm us up for this quiz. Yeah, we should have a leaderboard or some leader, sort of prize yeah. or something. Have a leaderboard. Some sort of prize, but Ian, uh, take it away, my friend. You are the quiz master for this week here on the EFL and Below show. Come Damn. on, Jeremy. What have Jeremy, you got for us, Jeremy, mate? Come right. on, bring it.
0: Right. 1992, 93, Premier League. Wow. i just started. Okay. So it's going to be an easy one. Oldham were in the Premier League.
1: That's twice as old as Aaron is. I
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oldham in the Premier League. And I thought, I wonder what other teams were in what division at that year and on the, on the teams that we cover? So 1992. 1992. <laughs> wow. It's going to be first in. I'm going to shout a team out you tell me where you think they are
1: so what league you think they were in in 92
0: yeah. so it's going to be Division 1 Division 2 of course it was Division 3 oh. conference alright got it I'm just going to keep above that because after that there's there's some teams that I like you'll just never get a million years and is
1: it like first on the buzzer sort of? first thing? on the buzzer right
0: ok I have got one just for Niall and I, want I was, to was going to
2: say Niall's at a massive disadvantage here
0: I'm going to test you now now before we start
1: In a southerner ok so so do I go first is
0: this this, is is this just, like a this bonus is just round
1: just for you ok wow ok
0: what division were Portsmouth in?
1: In 1992? Yeah.
0: Division one. Oh, he's only got it right. Yes,
1: get in. Come on, come
0: on. Right, are you ready? Start the quiz. I'm ready. Bolton. Division two? Division one. Oh. Aaron's on the And Andy got promoted that year. Yes, that's the one. That's what we like. Go on then. Right. Stockport Division
1: 3 Division 1
0: None Division 2 Division 2 oh, wow. Division 2 Division 2 And oh. they got in the playoffs that year
1: You said Division 1 No I said Division 1 yeah Yeah You said Division 3
0: right Yeah So in between that's Division 2 Yeah no
1: But like Division <laughs> 1 would have been the We're Premier so League, bad at it? this
0: you got Premier League Division yeah, 1 Division 2 d- Division 3 Conference
1: Division 1 would be the championship Right, okay. Right. So I, I, I went a bit too high. Right, okay. Right.
0: Wigan. Oh, uh, Division, division three. 3. What did
2: you say? Division 3? No. Division. Oh. I said
0: Division 3, so we both wrong.
1: Division 2? Rubbish. We're terrible at this. And they got
0: relegated that year to Division 3.
1: Wow. Relegation for Wigan might happen again this season That's if they're not sick. careful. Right, come on then, let's do it.
0: Berry,
2: Division Two, Division one, Two, Division One,
0: Division Three. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> and they got they got the Why playoffs are we as so well. So bad. You ready? We've got two more. What score is it? One nil. To oh, me. One-nil. Well, it's
2: one one. We now is it possible?
0: Right, Rochdale.
2: Division uh, Three. Division Three has to be. Division Two.
0: Division Three. Division Three. B- because oh, they, they did are...
2: get promoted from it till 2009.
0: Oh, lucky in him with his Looky knowledge there,
1: eh? Greater Manchester knowledge. Well done, Aaron. So, Last is that one. is that one left? We won one.
0: It's 2 1 to me. Is it? 2, two 1 to you? Yes. Oh, we'll just do this for a crack. Pressure's on. Altringham. Conference. It's yeah.
1: Yes. He's spawned it back late in the day. Unbelievable. We need a decider. Maybe we should save it till next week and we go big. Or, oh, unless, Ian, you look like you've got something to say there.
0: Right. I've got four teams here. I'm going to choose one. You tell them what league they were in, in 92, night three,
1: And they could be anywhere. They don't, they're not great at Manchester, they could be anywhere.
0: Great Manchester teams. Right, okay. You ready? I'm going to do you this one. FC United.
1: Non-existent. Didn't yeah, exist.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love
1: it. Aaron is absolutely stunned. Absolute curveball oh in there. Oh, it's Brilliant and Aston, Aston United. Thank you very, very much. We're yes. in Northern
0: Premier League oh. Division 1.
1: That's put me in a good mood, that. That's put me in a good mood. FC United, of course, rising from not the ashes, but certainly a, an idea. Yeah. And um, they're in the National League North. You went there, the game's called off. But another one of our teams in the National League North, who we just discussed there, Aaron Stockport County. Yes game against afc filed a team you've seen this season they're a good side uh the score uh, in the tie of course uh, it's a two-legged semi-final tie in the fa trophy uh currently nothing to separate the teams stockport though they're fighting on two fronts and i said this a couple of podcasts ago i was thinking whether they might lose a little bit of focus in the league as they try and chase that wembley dream um do you think we're seeing evidence of that they've only lost one game and drawn the trophy tie. And, and I know it's hard to predict these things, but um
2: there's obviously a risk of that. So, a uh, failed division above probably equates to a division above. Uh, filed the top of National League, Stockport top of National League North. So, a division apart and Stockport are punching above the weight in the FA trophy yep. against FILE nil nil mm. I think mm. very easy to think, God, Stockport, you think Stockport are here, FILE to there, but it's actually the opposite way around. Failed to the bigger club in this situation in terms of where they are in the league. And I think Stockport are more than holding their own. There's a big debate, I think, at the moment in terms of, you know, first leg, second leg and nil-nil. Who does that benefit? And I will still say that benefits the team are away. So Stockport. And you have to say that they'd fancied their chances against Fylde in, uh, in the return leg. Mm. And I think this would be... This would be a, a cup set, a cup set, as everyone says now, a cup set in the sense that it's a lower league team beating a bigger team. And, you know, a National League north side, a Stockport, which is what they are, you know, have a fighting chance, have a great chance now, I would say, of getting to the final. And from where Fylde are, had it been any of the team Fylde were playing, you, would have, uh, you wouldn't have given the opposition a chance, really, because it's Stockport, and we know all about Stockport and where the history they have, and to the... Uh, the less of the history failed to have, then you'd um, you think it'd be the way around. It's a bad result for Stockport, but in actual fact, I think it's uh, it's a very good result for them.
1: I mean, you were saying earlier that there's sort of rumblings about Stockport trying to get a massive crowd down yeah. there at Edgeley Park. Obviously, it's the international break, no City, no United. Of course, championship teams are off as well, yeah. so there's a, a high possibility they could get an enhanced gate down there.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had that 6,000-plus the other week when I was there against uh, Spennymoor. And uh, they're trying to get 7,000 down there this week. And the thing is, it's a one-off game. It's literally, obviously, it's no-nil. It's a semi-final. Stockport have got home advantage. Do you know what I mean? If they can get a massive crowd behind them, it's like that 12th man, they could get into the final and it'd, it'd be a great achievement. And it'll just sort of go in hand-in-hand in hand with their season and obviously their run. I know, obviously, they lost at uh, beginning of March and, and we get to sort of see the the, the repercussions that in the league, I think, and... Um, but I think if they can get a result against Flyde, which they're more than capable of doing, then I feel like they're in pole position. I've been saying it for a couple of weeks. They're in pole position to go up and pick Charlie. Charlie, have, they've won three out of the past five. Um, they are only four points behind Stockport, but they have they've got a game in hand. Mm. And I think, and they've got, obviously they've got Charlie to play, which I've been saying, that is, that is the game. As long as they're... Within touching distance of them.
1: I fancy Stockport. I just think the momentum's with them. I think sometimes these things can work either for or against you. I don't know how you feel about this, Aaron, but I mean, as a big club, you can either crumble under the pressure and the weight of expectation, or you use that as a weapon against the teams around you and you kind of use that fear factor to get a leg up.
2: I would say there is more chance of a massive crumble after you've had the unbeaten run because losing you forget how to lose don't you it goes out of your system you know it's not just the losing the game but it's the chat in the dressing room afterwards the drive home you know going to bed at night you know the first training session about the review and for the first time you're having to review the game negatively because you've lost mm. and i think it's the response from uh, the negative reaction to the defeat which is so important And Stockport going to Fylde, this could have been a really tough afternoon with the way Fylde have been going along in the league. But I think you've got to say that Stockport held their own, more than held their own against a team, as I've said, a a full division above. And, you know, the game is in their hands. For Stockport, the club they are, they're juggling the FA Trophy and fighting to be champions in the National League North. And when you're winning, how many games it? how many games you've played becomes irrelevant because if you're a, a footballer you're there to win games you want to be fighting for uh going deep in cup competitions mm. and you know pushing for promotion and when you're uh you know you're winning games you just want to be playing you want to be playing all the time don't you because mm. you've got that much confidence
1: well football's about glory isn't it yeah, so i mean and it's
2: about winning yeah. And when you're winning you you've, you get that bug don't you you get yeah. that feel you just want to keep going uh i want there's the, there's the debate, isn't there, that's been going on about uh, Liverpool, say, in the Champions League and the Premier League. I know, maybe we shouldn't mention it, especially with Liverpool in Manchester. God, but, uh, you know, <laughs> the Champions League, the Premier League. Uh, but which would they rather what, be in, some, I see what uh, you're pundits, saying. Yeah. Gary Neville yeah. said, uh, go out the Champions League, but you get an opposite view. No, you want to be in both competitions. And I believe that, you know, you've just got to play a game, see how you get on and then go to the next one. And, you know, the confidence is sky high for Stockport in the sense that they've got a huge chance to uh, to get to the final against Fylde. And at home, you know, the pressure's all on Fylde, I think, because they're a division above. Stockport can go into this game with nothing to lose because they're that division below.
1: But then in the same token, Ian, Stockport are a bigger club than Fylde. No, yeah. no doubt about it. Double, triple the size of Fylde in terms of stature, prestige, history, and things like that. So maybe the pressure is also on stockport in a way just purely because of the size of the club yeah. I understand what Aaron's saying in terms of the disparity in if the you quality look at in the league yeah, yeah but I mean in terms of the size of the club I mean it's like um
0: yeah yeah I, th- I think when I went down there the other week and I instantly got a feel like this is a football league club and it shouldn't shouldn't be where they are and for stopport, oh, they don't it,
1: sell beer in the away end, so.
0: Oh, no. well, I was in the away <laughs> end. I was all right. <laughs> but um, for them supporters who've had years upon years of, of turmoil, like right, relegations, um, bad times, they'll want to win absolutely everything they they can possibly can. And if if it's a case of let's get obviously FA Trophy, let, let's get there, they'll just be hoping. And obviously Jim Gannon will be there, It'll, it'll just be wanting to, to push on. It's a case of success, breeds success and winning breeds winning mentality. Sure. And for me, I can't I can't see the, the mindset of let's go out of this and, and concentrate on this. For no, me I it's agree. let's win absolutely everything and just blow everybody out of the water. And I me. think
2: playing against Fylde, and I, I understand what you're saying about the bigger history of Stockport, but Fylde have had a really good few years and they have an aim uh, to be a football league club by 2022, and at the start, when the new uh, the new owners came in with that ambition, uh, you know, everyone thought no chance. You know, you're never going to get to that stage. You know, but look at where they are now. You know, they're they're around about Salford's position in the national league. So I think this is a really fascinating tie. It's if you've got the new up and coming club and the old club with the history, mm. you know, fighting it out to see, you know, who can win on the day and I think it'll come to a case of Stockport being in this position you know whether it's the players or not it's still the same fans that were there who supported them when they were promoted from League One back in 2008 and you've got Fylde sort of the up and coming club sort of out of the shadow of Blackpool and Fleetwood just down the road and they're on their way up and there's something really exciting about about Fylde having a uh, experienced them very recently through Ramsbottom. Mm. And there's a there's a nice, uh, I think there's a nice balance and there's an interesting intrigue to the game which uh, perhaps isn't discussed. And I think it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out because Fylde never have been in this position and Stockport have been in this position. But then on the other side of the coin, you've got Fylde who were a division above And I think there's a fascination about that.
1: I think it's about the players as well. It's about how the players deal with it more than anything else. And those Stockport players will have played in front of thousands this season. So I think they'll probably understand what what it's like to, to feel pressure. Maybe by the next podcast, we'll know exactly what the situation is and who will be heading to Wembley for that FA Trophy final. But we're still no clearer in League One who might be destined for the drop down to the fourth tier. Of course, Rochdale down there in the relegation zone, second from bottom, two points Uh, above the bottom place, but still four points adrift of safety in the League One relegation zone. But that doesn't tell the whole story because there is a slight glimmer of hope for Rochdale because all the way from 12th, Plymouth Argyle, 45 points, down to Walsall in 21st, the first place occupying the relegation zone, 42 points. There's just a three-point swing from 12th downwards in League One. So Rochdale, although it might look quite desperate at the moment, the fact that no teams above them are really gaining any serious ground, everyone's beaten each other, there's still a real chance that they can clamber their way out of this mess.
0: And they're one of three teams that have got a game in hand as well. Um, Accrington have got two games in hand. They win their game in hand. They are right in that mix of, you say, three or four points. And I feel like whoever's going to get the run in this bottom four... Is it is got the chance to to pull themselves out? You see Southend there in a terrible run. You sort of see Scunthorpe there in a bit of bad run. Accrington bad run. Wickham bad run. You've got teams there who haven't won in like four or five matches. If you can shrink a couple of wins together, look at Wimbledon. They've they've shot up the league with with. Three games on the bounce, well, I mean, wins yeah. and a draw. As you say, Bristol
1: Rovers were yeah. in peril a couple of weeks back and now they, they look comfortable in 13th, yeah. but that's not the case. They're nowhere near comfortable. They're but still they, in yeah. a relegation fight.
0: They're literally only two points off, which is, it's. you look at that mid-table and you just instantly, your brain goes, oh, they're all right, they're sorted. They're fine they can coast to the end the season. You actually look at the points and you think, it, it's going to be a fascinating end and it's fascinating to watch this uh, unfold over the next sort of, what, we've what we got eight games or so. And I, th- I think if Rochdale need Rochdale need results, Rochdale needs to put everything into into BBM and they need to get a couple of couple of wins there because they've got a real chance of staying up by the skin of the teeth and then building towards next year. How do you uh, see it?
2: How how do you see this relegation battle? How do I see it? I see it as teams with the possible exception of Bristol Rovers who had three wins on the bounce recently. Man, AFC Wimbledon, no one's really got any form. It's all one step forward, one step back, one win, one draw, one defeat, back-to-back defeats, you know, hat-trick of defeats. No one's really finding form. No one's pulling away. No one's pulling away and, I mean, obviously nobody's pulling away because, no, no one's winning or winning consecutively and all the teams at the bottom are taking points off each other, hence why you've got a situation where, you know, in 12th position, Plymouth have 45 points and... Walsall in 21st, down 42. <laughs> and I think it's so it's just think hilarious. neutral in this situation. It's brilliant as much as it's... Much fantastic as it's yeah. We're all neutrals in this situation. You're not bothered about the league 1. Because it's not going to affect you greatly, we're is not it, now? sucked into bit, But, you know, we can all look at this situation and think, this looks, you know, fantastic looking at this. And all the other teams are taking points off each other. And... This is what happens. No one's got any real form, so all the teams end up together. It's like one massive sandwich. <laughs> and uh, It's quite a good analogy, actually. Uh, so you've got this massive... Look at him.
0: Uh, so has no got much
2: form, and Bradford, they've struggled, and Rochdale, i not got much form, and no one's really doing that well.
0: And No, it's for... so indifferent, isn't it? You're looking at the form tables. Rochdale everyone's course... just like, win, draw, lost, lost, win, draw, loss. It's There's no one like, apart from the top five... Every... There's so many losses in there. It's it's They're, a weird table. To are look genuinely
1: at. two halves to the table. Yeah. You've got Plymouth Argyle from 12th downwards on 45 points. Then there's a five point gap between 12th and 11th. That doesn't sound like much, but I mean it's a clear division between Burton on 50 and then 50 and above, and then 50 and below. I mean it's yeah. almost like that's the cut off point, like 50 three points
2: divisions in one. There's Luton to Charlton from 80 to 67. Then you've got. A further 10 points dropped to Doncaster, to Burton, who's only seven. Then you've got a further five points between Burton and Plymouth. So it feels like, you know, there's three, there's one league, but it's split up into three little ones. And I've been saying for so long, and I don't know what you think, the pair you think, but is there much, is there a great, other than one or two teams, say Luton, Barnsley, is there a great difference in the football league between the fourth, fifth, the team, fifth or sixth, and the team at the bottom of the league. Is there a great... Is there a huge difference in terms of quality bar a striker who's going to get you 25 goals a season and a six-foot-three centre-half who's going to, you know, shore up the defence a bit? Is there a great deal of difference in terms of actual football quality?
1: Football's a game of such fine margins. So I think, like you say, having two strikers who can score you 15 goals a season each is better than one striker who can score you 25 yeah. by yeah. the margin of five goals. You know, and those five goals might win you five games, 1-0. I mean, this this is the thing, five fine margins in football. And I, that's a really good point, Aaron, to be perfectly honest, because in my opinion, from the experience of being down in Leagues 2 and League 1 with, with Portsmouth over the last few seasons, is that the difference between being at the top end and the bottom end of the table can be as simple, can literally be as simple
2: as losing two or three games in a row. It's a fascinating league you get these bigger clubs coming down, and because they already have a huge financial advantage, it be kind of becomes impossible for the teams such as Accrington Stanley, uh, Rochdale, you know Southend, who don't have that huge amount of money. And because of the financial gap is so huge, you end up in a situation where. Some clubs, you're in the same league, but you're like, there's so many mini leagues, and you don't really care about what the other teams are doing, and vice versa. Like Accrington Stanley probably don't care about what Sunderland are doing because it's not a fair test.
0: Yeah, because mentally already they're like yeah. Sunderland are up, Portsmouth are up. Cause is that is that not cause, football though? Because in your head they should be up, they should be playing the championship. So it's already like the, the chocolate offers a lost bump or. Is that, is that not just that fo- is
2: that not just football though? But wouldn't you not? You wouldn't really expect Sunderland to be in League One, would you? Though I know it's football, but you wouldn't expect Sunderland no, to be there.
1: But I wouldn't expect Burton Albion or Fleetwood, or Stanley, or I don't know, Morecambe in League Two to even be in the football league. Well, oh, yeah. When I was growing up, Yeovil Town were a Conference club nailed on. Now they've been in the football league for fifteen years. It's that's just like that, that's, that's the way it is. The I mean, way it you, goes. you look at
0: some of the Premier League teams in there, and you think they're not Premier League teams. Watersfield, you've had Ormuth, Brighton, you've had Blackpool in there. Yeah, do you know what I mean. Even Burnley, you, know, you look at it, and you still think they're not, they're not a Premier League team. It is, it's, it's, it's just a. I think for me, a, a team. It's just if it's their season, it's if, if something clicks. It's, it is literally a look at the draw. If they get the right manager, right players at the right time, yeah, it happens. Yeah, if it doesn't, then you, you're not going. Absolutely
2: Go on. Uh, Do we think because of the financial situation? between, say, Sunderland, I hate to use the examples again, Sunderland and Accrington, Stanley, do you think this is kind of inevitable that you are going to have teams cut adrift? This could, We could become more used to seeing this one because I'm saying because of the money and that basically you have teams in League One where they are not going to go up and they are not going to go down at the top to the bottom level.
1: Yeah, of course. That's boring, isn't it? Yeah. I would rather, it sounds ridiculous. And loads of people have kind of said that's a weird viewpoint. But I've said this for years. I would rather be, let's just say, like what Bristol Rovers are or what Oxford are, Shrewsbury's, Gunther. I'd rather be fighting off relegation than sat there like Burton on 50 points, Fleetwood on 52. They're not going to get into the playoffs. You, they're not going to get relegated. There, are you know they're ever there. The season's boring. The season's kind
2: yeah. of dead now. It's just derby games, isn't it? It's, it's a... derby games yeah. and then yeah. what do you do you live for? For?
0: having Sunderland and Portsmouth come to your ground. It's yep. just just one of them and it's like I say, just Petering out just, just turning wheels. You wanna you don't wanna be in a relegation battle, but you want something to have a bit of excitement about than we're a nice easy mid table club and that's it.
2: Another argument that I heard last season when Rochdale stayed up on the last day of the season, and it fits in with what we've just been talking, would you rather in a relegation battle and stay up on the last day? Or would you just stagnate in 12th position for the last 10 games
1: Ooh, I don't know football's about drama maybe we should we should save that cliffhanger for another day because we sure, have been chinwagging time. for absolutely <laughs> ages uh, Ian thanks for joining us thank Aaron you. thanks for joining thank us there's the guys from the football man mm-hmm. cave don't forget to visit the website for all the latest news uh, about football in the local area of course I've been Niall McCorm from the Manchester Football Social don't forget if you do have a shining to Manchester United or Manchester City you can find our dedicated podcast to both of those football clubs or you need to do is search Manchester United Football Social wherever you find your podcast you can find it there or Manchester City Football Social in the same way and you'll find your Manchester City dedicated show as well but don't forget to subscribe to the show this is the EFL and Below show leave us a nice little review as well and we'll speak to you next time
0: Manchester Football Social subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show